You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up All One Word. More important than that, you should follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle at CRS Podcast. Clock Radio Speakers is powered by Tumblr. You can find us on iTunes and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on 4thDistrict.com. You cannot find us on SoundCloud, and we'll probably explain that later. But And by we, I mean Doc is here. <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we took a week off, but we're back. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. But, of course, more importantly, follow the show on Twitter at CRS Podcast. Um, Armand, this is not just another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. You're right. It's not in my bad. Because we have some special guests joining us today. Now, the funny thing about these special guests is that they this is not their first time on the show. They've been on the show for different reasons, but this is their first time on the show together. We have Taylor Gray and we have Wes Pendleton, collectively known as Middle Class. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hootie who? <laughs> Did you just say hootie who? <laughs> 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 That's what we're doing today? All right. <laughs> right. So we, we've got Middle Class on the show because they just dropped a, what do you want to call it? A project? A we teaser? call it uh, an ex- an extended maxi single, basically. Oh, <laughs> word! Shout out to the maxi singles. Okay, yeah. so they they put out a maxi single called Layup Line on Friday, and uh, Doc actually was very I want to say adamant about getting them on the show. Yeah, uh, I was word. like, I was word. like, these are these are two guys we know. They put out a good project. Why? I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself like, why are we not asking them to be on CRS? And thankfully. They, uh, they they can be on. So thanks to y'all for sh- thanks to y'all for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. For real, for um, sure. So it's funny. Uh, I'm just gonna jump right in. Uh, Armand mentioned he sort of joked like, "What do you guys call this?" And you you said you call this an extended uh, maxi single. But we talk about this on the show all the time. Like in the in this era of people putting stuff straight, you know, directly online to reach their fans. Whether it's what you guys have done with Bandcamp or what uh, major label artists are now doing with these sort of Projects that might have five years ago been mixtapes, 10 years ago been mixtapes, but now they're just sort of appearing online on a streaming service or, or you can, you know, you know, or maybe even as official like iTunes stuff now. So for when you guys wanted to put this out, like, was this sort of these five songs that make a layup line? Was this always intended to be like a, yeah, we're going to put this out direct to our fans beforehand? Or did you have the music line around and say, let's do something with it? Nah, I mean, it was really, we really actually started with the idea of actually doing an, uh, a side A and a side B oh. um, and both sides kind of being one conti- one continual um, track. You know, as you could tell with uh, Layup Line, it doesn't really, there's not really breaks per se in between songs. It kind of just goes from one song right into the next. And, um, you know, it's, it's meant to listen in one take and then listen to one take again you know, over and over and over again. It's kind of like just one long song. Um, and we actually initially decided to do it that way and have a side B come out later. But um, I think Taylor and I quickly realized that um, it probably would be wiser for us to just put out what what was initially called side A, um, um, layup line, and then 
concentrate on a, uh, an, an actual full-length album um, to release later this year. Yeah, I'm, I mean, just as a heads up, like, I'm probably not going to be saying a whole lot um, because I feel like Wes, Wes needs to be heard more as far as, like, the actual visionary behind a lot of what we've been doing um, is is really just his brainchild. Um, he and I's chemistry is something that you're going to, you know, kind of notice as far as when we come together to create. But, um, you know, when we come together and do middle class stuff, specifically with this pro- project, um, we did have kind of an, an idea that, you know, we wanted to to keep within a, a specialized presentation for the fans that enjoy the style of music that we enjoy, the type of music that we make. But um, largely, Wes has been the visionary behind this. We, we sat down and talked about just the kind of music that we wanted to make and the type of music that Wes has always wanted to make because as a producer, he's got um, he's got a vein that I think few people would do better. So... I think it's a dope opportunity for for him to be to be heard and really articulate where that vision starts. Yeah, like there's some really interesting uh, idiosyncrasies and, uh, about this project. Like, first off, the concept of layup line. I saw Wes. I saw you kind of go in on, on Twitter and really explain it. But for those who may not follow you on Twitter, those who may not know, like, talk to us about the cover. Um, just even the teaser, like the the details and why you guys went with layup line. Yeah, sure. And I, I appreciate uh, Taylor kind of giving me a little bit of an alley-oop there. Um, so, um, so like I said on Twitter uh, last week, um, a- anything that, that I ever put my hands to always has a lot of layers. And, and I never go um, either from a visual standpoint or a sonic standpoint um, with anything that's just on the surface. So anything that I'm like, you know, I think there was one song on the project that Taylor had, had already written and I actually re- reworked the beat, but I specifically used a specific sample, um, to kind of work into what he was saying. And so on that side, you know, I, I really tend to pay attention to those types of things. Or if, if I'm the one sending him something first, I'll give him the heads up of, you know, this is what I was thinking that we should do because, you know, the sample is saying blah, 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 which was um, like when we did Satisfy, that was a, hey, man, I got this ill sample. You know, it's it's saying kind of like how we feel about, you know, A, B, and C. Um, I think you should take that and run with it. And that's how we created that track. And so that's how we, we did the same thing with the first EP. Um, and then visually, um, I always feel like that's that that side of it is even more dense. Um, so the the old beat up gym is kind of um, it's a nod to the fact that Taylor and I aren't we're not that young anymore. Um, and you know, physically, like I'm I'm low key washed like in real life. So like, you know, my legs are gone. As a matter of fact, I'm actually uh on my way to get surgery here in a couple of weeks on, on, the, on my other bad knee. Um, oh. and so, um, that's why the gym on the cover is, um, you know, is like an old, an old, like unused gym. Um, but notice that the basket is still standing and, um, 
And I feel like that Taylor and I still has something to offer. I don't think that we're washed in our creativity. Um, but sometimes once you start to reach certain ages, sometimes people write you off. And um, um, so basically that's, that's a lot of reason why I went at it that way. And then also, um, you know, I, we wanted to title it layup line just because it is a precursor um, to the LP that's coming out, but also kind of like, you know, you guys have been to, to, you know, NBA games and, you know, a layup line in an NBA game is not necessarily just layups. You know, every now and again, you'll get like a nice little 360 or, you know what I'm saying, or, or it'll oop off the glass that kind of wows everybody. And that was kind of more of my nod to Taylor for <clears throat> kind of coming in and punching you in the face every now and again with an ill line. Mm-hmm. That's just like, Ooh, I didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. and so, um, so yeah, man, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Doc. I was I was gonna say. So you guys have referenced, you know, the fact that you got a, a full length album coming later this year. So you had the ori- I think it's the original Middle Clash album two years ago. Taylor, mm-hmm. you just you just had a, a, a well received you know solo album late last year. Wes, you had the Vine Project. Why did you guys feel yep. a need to have a teaser now? Yeah. Um- you want to go ahead, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> That's that alley oop right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's just, it's the, it's in the same vein of um, the fact that, and you know, you were talking about how how the climate is different now. Um, when you're out of the spotlight for five seconds, now you're you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we all have our built-in fans, and they, they'll never forget us. But sometimes, in the overall conscious, it's nice to kind of like reintroduce yourself to everybody and say, Oh, Hey, hey, hey guys, you know, we can still actually, uh, we can actually still do this, you know? And, and in our cases, it's more, Hey guys, we can, we're actually still working together on, uh, on new material. So, um, you know, it was important because, you know, Taylor did so grace with, uh, so great with the, uh, with the mocker and the monarch. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure, you know, cause that, that was Taylor's project, you know, that wasn't our project. So, kind of like you know i kind of felt like that we had to introduce ourselves back into in into that vein again um just as the uh as the duo um you know who we who we are yeah and, and kind of to that point um you know west west and i doing music is not something that we have to like sit down and conjure a motivation to do necessarily you know it's just kind of an outworking of our relationship so, you know, when the creative juices start going, you know, I'm just the type of person that still just tries to remain sharp, keep writing and, and things like that. And Wes gets inspired by something. He starts creating. Then it's it's nothing but a few conversations before it turns into a, an actual plan of, you know, what's coming out. When is it rolling out? And uh, it's usually not going to take very long for it to happen. And, you know, kind of back as, a, as an ode to that, that image that you see is the lay in the layup line and the sense of, you know, something that isn't, doesn't have the glory that it used to have, but even in just taking a picture and seeing it for what it is, there's a beauty in kind of the rustic uh, old school, even nostalgic presentation of something like that. And you, you know, where you remember when it was glorious, but at the same time, it, it'll never, ever stop being beautiful. So, you know, that's, that's the way that, that's the way that Wes and I always come together. I think one thing about this project that really stands out is just the fact that it's literally some chop samples, no hooks, and Taylor spitting 
32 bars here, 40 bars here um, with maybe a four bar or an eight bar break. You both have have talked about already in this conversation making the kind of music that you wanted to make. Was it I don't want to say it wasn't intentional because I'm sure it was and it wasn't because you just talked about it being organic. But it's on one hand, it's a far departure from what is currently in the marketplace. And then it's also a far cry from what middle class sounded like, Um, how, you know, it it was just different. I wasn't expecting that sound sonically from Taylor and especially not from Wes. Uh, Middle class is is more your speed production wise. So was it intentional to like branch off and do something completely different? Is this just where you guys are in your lives? Is it going to be different on the album? Like what what was the thought process in that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, extremely intentional extremely intentional um that was i mean i pretty much you know when we usually do this stuff i, I i'm pretty much like literally i'm executive producing and it's, it, that sounds like like how can you executive produce a 10 track you know project but i mean there there's there's so much there's a mad detail that goes into that and taylor can definitely vouch for that um like that 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 project is not random you know what i mean um and basically what I wanted to do, which I've never been able to do, um, and, and this was the first conversation that Taylor and I had, I, I said, you know, like Vine, you know, and just between, you know, well, it's not going to be between us, but, you know, Vine <laughs> is my Vine is my last instrumental project. I'm never making another tape again. Like, that's it. And, um, and, I, and I mean that. And I mean that with everything I got in me. Um, and I did Vine that way on purpose um very very loopy um subdued drums um kind of more you know some tracks you know over compressed and stuff like that but the thing i said to taylor was like i never you guys like never rhyme over that stuff with me you know what i'm saying and so it was kind of like let's take let's take the bars from the mocker and the monarch and the sounds from vine and let's put it together so like people can actually hear so like those are those are two track records. Like I didn't, I didn't mix those beats. Like Taylor just, he just rhymed over top of two tracks. And that was also very intentional. Um, so it was just, you know, it, it was organic, like you said, Armand, but it was definitely um, more of the organic kind of came from where Taylor took it after um, we kind of had some creative direction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to call, you know, um, I was going to call out sort of what you just pointed out, like how the, you know, the production is very, it's on purpose. It's supposed to sound a certain way. The drums don't like snap out at you. They're very subdued in the mix. It's meant to sound a certain way. So I'm glad you, you're just picking up all the, like I'm crossing off all these questions I had. So I, I appreciate you touching on that. And I, I just want to say. Nerd out, Doc. I know you, that's what you want to no, do. No, no, I, I really just want to say this. If anybody's listening to this, hasn't heard this yet, obviously you should listen to this whole project. It's like 10 minutes. Like seriously, pause this right now. Please come back, but pause this. Go and listen to Layup Line. But Bruce Banner is obscene. <laughs> like, I'm just going to tell you this. I, so I recently um, I recently got a new MIDI controller. And, I, you know, every time you get a new toy, all I, every time I get a new toy, I find myself sort of like, oh, well, what if I tried this? And what if I tried this? And then I heard Bruce Banner and I'm like, Doc, stop being stupid. Chop samples. That's what you do. Because Bruce Banner mm. is the kind of thing where, like, I hear that and I'm like, if you're a producer and you hear Bruce Banner and you don't get mad at yourself, you're lying. 
because like you're just like oh man <laughs> I love this yeah. I, I, I appreciate it man and, and I'm actually glad that you even pointed out how long it is it's 10 minutes exactly um, and that was that was on purpose you know what I'm saying so um, yeah is, yeah, that way, is, is 10 minutes everything is 10 minutes how long a layup line is before the game starts that's or exactly yep well, no, I, I didn't even say, know that. Well, I was, when I was <laughs> when I was <laughs> getting super deep, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going back to high school on that um, layup line. In high school is ten minutes long, if I remember correctly. Um, I think in the NBA, I think it's fifteen minutes. I think um, it might even be twenty minutes or a, or a half hour. But um, I remember in high school it being ten minutes specifically. So, yep, nice. uh, yep, yep, yep. Good catch there, Armand. That's good. <laughs> yeah, my, my I, I feel it because I'm I'm like fake deep with my projects too. So I be wanting to catch <laughs> stuff that nobody else. <laughs> Yo, at 30 minutes and 22 seconds, I said this, and that was on the 30th yeah. day of the 22nd hour, and that's really 10 p.m. It's military, like just dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that. That's like that's what makes that's sort of like that. That sort of thing like appeases and satisfies the artists, the creatives, like you just got to find different yeah. ways to be creative, even if it's just your thing and nobody else notices it. Yeah. I feel it. But Wes, you were getting ready to say something. I interrupted you. My bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I mean, there's not, I mean, I never, I always kind of feel like I have these little things to myself and I kind of feel good because it's just like nobody picked up on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like my own little, my own little thing to myself that I can, you know, say like, oh yeah, nobody picked up on that. You know what I'm saying? And then Doc is like over here picking, picking everything <laughs> apart. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even want to point. I'm glad you said it. I was going to point out that I could tell the mixing wasn't like you didn't purposely take. Like you could tell that it's two track. Like, but there's a you're going for a feel. Like that kind of makes sense. I didn't nerd out that. I could nerd out that. We're not going to nerd out that much. Um, right. But um. You know what? Actually, it's funny with the with the sound that some of these beats kind of remind me. Not just because they're sampled, because the drums are very withdrawn. Sometimes Alchemist will kind of do a beat, will do beats like this too, where almost not not quite like the the um, ironically Armand wrapped over a bunch of you know the praise break stuff, which we tweaked and everything else. But like just in general, like sometimes I'll have these records where you put the loop out front um, yep. and you sort of draw the drums back, and that is so foreign for me because I live and die by the snare. So um, I. Honestly, like what I really just appreciate about it is like it, it's a very like distilled like I could sit here and I can just like as somebody who often like tries to get other people to listen to music, I can say like this is it's like you guys said, like listen to it once, listen to it again. Like I really appreciate that you have this one thing where you can say no, really like you there's not a lot of ob like I'm not. I'm not asking a lot out of you like for new fans. You get to have this thing where you can say no, really try this. Right. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think, I think that that's, that's important too. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it is more of an invitation when it's presented that way. And, and it's not like a, we're going to force this real hip hop down your throat. You're going to get this 30 minutes of this all real hip hop, you know, and I think the presentation, it being, you know, a precursor, you know, gives people an opportunity to decide whether they want to hear more. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the LP is going to sound nothing like. Well, that was line. what I was just about to ask. So if if I if if people are listening to this and they're like, "All right, this is great. I can't wait till Middle Clash has this full length." But you're going to switch it up on them, right? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. And and it's, it's not going to sound anything like the first project either. Mm. So, um, and that's the beauty of. See, I like dudes like <clears throat> my favorite rapper is Homeboy Sandman, mm. and. One of the reasons why I love Homeboy Sandman and a, and a close second is Odyssey. So, but the main reason why I love Homeboy Sandman is because this dude is literally not afraid to try something that is totally like, what was that? You know what I'm saying? Um, he will not, his, his none of his projects sound the same. None of them, like at all. There's not, he, he just doesn't repeat himself. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the, um, I think Taylor and I kind of have that same mentality <clears throat> when we work on what we work on. Um, like, you know, middle class had its own feel. Um, the mocker and the monarch had its own feel. Vine was totally different from my previous. Now, you know, you guys know I'm a sampler, but the way I sampled was way different mm -hmm. um, on Vine than my previous projects. And, you know, now we get to um, layup line and layup line was more of a, this is the first time, and because I said to Taylor, I was like, I don't want these mixes to be clean, man. I want I want to sound like we did this in a basement on a four track. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And not so we could be like nostalgic or anything like that, but I just wanted the project to kind of just stand on its own and it not to be this thing of like, yo, man, you know, you, you know how like we just we get. I feel like that we get uh, distracted. Um, when we listen to music by things that shouldn't be distracting us, you know? So, um, and, and there's some, was, yeah, I was going to say, and I think there's something sometimes liberating about restricting yourself, you know, like mm -hmm. it's so easy with, you know, honestly, like technology has made, if you're making music, recording music, you can, you could sit there and you can endlessly tweak and you can you could you can keep picking at it until it's nothing you know until it doesn't even resemble what you started with. But if you just sort of start with this idea of it's gonna it's gonna sound it's gonna be like this it's gonna sound like this we're not gonna do a lot of stuff to it. Then in a way that can sometimes like be its own spark for creativity. Yep, yep, pretty much. I mean, Taylor, what would you say? How many hours did we lend to this project? Like a solid twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, and, and you probably got ten of them. <laughs> you know, like, because, I mean, this is, I mean, this is literally stripped down in a way where, um, I mean, it, it, you're right, just in comparison or in contrast with the endless tweaking and the endless, you know, overproducing and, and or overthinking, whatever you want to call it, like, it's, it's this is literally just kind of a, a relaxing place, at least for me it is, you know, like, when I talk to Wes about, like, what, each song needs and, and, you know, really I'm coming in from a content perspective, like it's refreshing to just be able to step onto it and say, okay, no real pressure. You know, we're not going to force everybody to hear every angle of it, but hopefully through the course of listening to it, they're appreciating it more and more each time they get the spin. So that's, for me, it was refreshing the process itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can I, can I venture away from, the production aspect and get into these bars real quick. Yeah, please. Because I'm a bar guy. Um, and Taylor, you know this. I, I tell you on and off 
quote unquote camera or off the record that like right now you're my favorite rapper. Um, mm-hmm. And with this project, you, I, what it, what happened was, was this weekend I was running errands and I went back to straw man sell out. And I think straw man sell out was around the time that we met. And I went and listened to your entire discography, your one-offs, everything up until layup line. And your progression as an MC is low-key phenomenal. And on this project, you're very intentional and you're very, um, this is probably the angriest I've heard you. <laughs> like, and, and it, what's funny is, is your old delivery is angry. Like your old yeah. delivery is very like right now, it's very frantic, but you've sort of like hit a pocket and you sort of scaled back but the content is heavier, it's weightier, and like you I don't want to call you like the mad rapper, but like you're really, really mad. And I could say <laughs> But I can say I said I said it to say I can tell like you you're really getting some things off your chest. Like yeah. I guess just talk yeah. talk about your 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 creative process lyrically, how that's progressed over the last two years and then where you are now, uh, in terms of writing. Yeah, I mean I you know, I wasn't I wasn't trying to just, I wasn't trying to be angry, uh, but I was specifically trying to write and, and, uh, and rap with a bit of an edge um, with these particular moments because they were so short. And I felt like, you know, since we're not going to have a whole lot of time, I'd rather just kind of turn the corner a little bit more sharply than I have in the past where maybe I'll be a little more diplomatic and, and maybe, you know, even come to more hopeful conclusions more quickly. Um, felt like since it was, it's going to be shorter, we, you know, the sense of urgency can be, you know, conveyed in the actual raps themselves, the, the lyrics themselves, um, with not the tone, because I kind of stay pretty monotonous throughout. I'm not going to get all hyper and animated or anything like that, but what's being said is, is kind of, it's sobering to an extent, and at least that's what I was trying to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt, I felt free to do that. I felt free to do that with this music. Um, you know, it's, it's always interesting with the Christian audience, you know, how that's interpreted. But as I've gotten older, I've started to kind of come to grips with, you know, who I am as a person, like the whole person. Um, and, and the whole person is, is more than the package presentation that makes everybody comfortable. And I think that when, when Wes and I talk, we talk as grown men. So when you, you want to approach music, um, and the same way we approach our life, like I think that we, you know, we owe it to ourselves to be honest in the way that we communicate where we're at and, and how the content, content fleshes itself out. So, you know, in some ways, you know, you're going to get these bars and this and there's an element, there's an edge to it. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, well, what are you concerned about? What are you angry about? What are you, you know, frustrated or irritated about? And um, just felt, felt like this was an opportunity to, to um, articulate that a bit more. Now, has any of that sort of stemmed from your recent transition into full-time ministry? No, honestly, this was kind of an outlet, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I want to keep, I would try to keep that separate, you know, and, and that's what I love about music is it affords an outlet of just creative communication that you may not just be so readily able to or willing to to speak on in in, um, in the other vein. So uh, this is 
this was a, it was a breath of fresh air for me. Just was relaxing it as, as an outlet, as a therapeutic design. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why the lyrics cut like that. Gotcha. So do we yep. have a date? Do no. We have a date nope. <laughs> do we have nope. a time we do, frame? We do. we do, but I'm not. Nope. Okay. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to start naming months and y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we haven't even mentioned it because it's not it's not really middle class, but I have to I gotta at least give y'all a plug because we haven't talked about it on the show yet. But Armand and Taylor, y'all uh, y'all did a little uh, little thing for the for the YouTube. You know what? Yeah. You know you know what? And I'm gonna let Armand Armand talk about this, but you know what's been so amazing about that joint is people literally now think that that's a new song, yeah. like a completely new song. Like oh that. That is, you know, man, that, how did y'all capture that feel? And, and I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> People really don't know anything about, uh, like, Water for Chocolate or Thelonious or, or nothing. Like, this generation is completely disconnected from that. So that's been, that's been a, a very entertaining reaction. Yeah. That album came out 15 years ago. I know, I know, it, 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 but Brian, like, you know, know, you can come to grips with the fact that you're a little older and then, and then it just hits you one day. Like, dang. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like Illmatic turned 22 today. I was like, yeah, I remember when I got the, I got the bootleg first for like a year on tape. I remember that clear as day. Now it's 22 years old. Man, y'all was lucky, man. My, my parents. It was a no, no, no types of sex in the music up in my career, bro. I missed that whole generation. Wow. Back then, I was still listening to Commission like a mug. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So the the one thing that's the one thing that's not really necessarily irritating me about the Only Us is like I hear a lot of people say that it's bringing back '90s, and then I'm and then me being a nerd is like, yo, that record came out in 2000. <laughs> Um, that's yep. not nineties at all. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Um, actually, um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. really, I really want to do, I hate well, actually Twitter, but like, I'm really, it, I had to like <laughs> put some of them joints in a draft. So I'm trying to be more responsible with my tweets. I really want to go off. Like, they but you know what though, Armand, you, you know, you know, it kills me. It's just like, like, and even if it did, why do you care? You know what I'm saying? So like, like nobody ever like rock rock dudes like uh uh what's the name um Bruce Springsteen and um Kiss and all these other rock bands like these dudes literally still touring yep. and selling out like stadiums stadiums bruh you know what I'm saying that see yep. yep. <laughs> 60,000 people and selling them Jones out and the album that they're that they're performing, you know, came out in like '79, yep. and they're still selling that joint out. And it don't be all old people either. It's, it's people I age. It's even some younger kids. And so, like, it always it always makes me laugh when it's just like you know, like these young youngsters. And, and mind you, like I'm 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 not an old curmudgeon like when it comes to hip hop. Like, you know, if you like Young Thug, you know, it's it's cool. Like, you know, if that's speaking to you, it's it's I, I don't, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I mean, if it, if it's, you know, it's just part of, that's just how it is. Cause it's just the same thing when we were 19, there was something, you know, that the, that the cast that was older than us was just like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? So 
I'm kind of just like, you know, I have my opinions about a lot of that stuff, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to look down on a teenager for liking, you know, something that I don't bang with, per se. But anyway, not to go off on a tangent, but the thing that kills me is it's just like, you can't, like, so so if it's, if it's, if it's 93 BPMs and, and, and the drum pattern has a swing and then there's a sample underneath it, then all of a sudden, like, it's, it's 90. And it's just like, guys, that style, right. that style is forever. <laughs> It don't doesn't have it's a forever. Time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, does, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. a timestamp on it, and 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 yeah. that that style is just going to last forever. You could try to act like it's old school. Twenty years from now, it's going to be some dudes still doing it. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I always laugh because these young boys be listening to Drake and don't be realizing that Drake is doing boom bap. Right. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's yeah, literally he doing boom bap. The only thing that's different is that his uh you know the way that uh. What's the boy's name? Forty. Yeah. Um, the way that Forty crafts like his sound is a lot more, you know, low passed and you know, sending the sample through filters, and then he's using what you would consider, I guess, quote unquote, current drums. Uh, but it's still, but it's still in that same BPM range. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. dudes, dudes is listening to zero to one hundred last year, losing their mind, and I'm like, y'all do realize that this is completely, completely boom bap. Right. And and if that had been any other artist, they would have been like, man, why are you doing this boom bap? That's corny. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But because it's Drake, it's like they completely forgot that they were actually listening to timeless music. Because we're going to listen to Zero to 100 20 years from now, and that joint is still going to be flames. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and anyway, not only that, that's, like that's, the, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> it's, and, not, and not only, he also gets credit for like fathering a style. Um, not to say that Drake isn't original because he totally is. And I think that's what creativity is, is taking, you know, taking what you're influenced by, adding your own individuality to it and, you know, presenting art. But it's like Drake is the first guy to rap over something faster than 82 BPM. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah and, and I mean, it's just kind of, you know, as it relates to the only us is so funny because the only us is, is, is an ode to Thelonious, which is, the original name of the song, which ultimately points back to Thelonious Monk, you know, so there's like these waves of odes and, and homages that are being given to a timeless sound. And yeah. hip hop is entering into that stage where, you know, pretty much the old school artists going out and doing a show like a Bruce Springsteen or Rolling Stones or, you know, all of those old bands, Aerosmith, like they can actually do pretty well. I mean, Nas just did a run with Illmatic, and I'm sure there were some young fans that went to that joint just to say they were a part of that entire tour experience. And then some hipsters who wanted to go and, you know, get their rocks (laughs) off just because they they feel like this is a classic. If NWA went on tour right now, it would be, it would be, oh my gosh. Bro, I went to a, go ahead. It'd be crazy. I went to a party uh, maybe like two weeks after Straight Outta Compton came out, uh, the movie, and I was probably one of the older guys in there. So it's it, it was downtown, so it's mad hipster. Age range is probably 18 to 24. I've never seen so many NWA t-shirts, Compton uh, beanies, Lokes, uh, uh G Nikes or Cortez, or some people I've never seen that before in my life. And in that matter of two weeks, the spirit of NWA had embodied the youth based off of this movie, where 
them dudes probably don't know anything outside of F the police straight out of Compton and then like yeah. nothing but a G thing. Yeah. Yep. Like name yep. me two records off of niggas for life. Let, let 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 Snoop let Snoop tour doggy style. Like I think that's um, bro, it would be a rap. Like yep. so it's just a sound that, you know, I think hip hop is entering in that conversation of just generationally, um, you know, there's gonna be an appreciation for the things that last. And so it's not necessarily just a, oh, that's 90s or, you know, you guys are old. It's just you're tapping into what will always be. Yeah. Plus, you know, you know, always this this is the part that kills me. When an up and coming rapper wants to make a, a name for himself, what's the one thing that he always goes back to first? That dude will go back to a straight 90s style hip hop record. And you know why? Because he's got to make sure that you understand that his bars are on point. And, and for whatever reason, you seem you kind of can't really get the bars off as smoothly with a different style. I'm not saying that you can't be creative and that you can't get bars in, but there's something there's something specific about that 86 BPM to like 91 to 92, maybe even 93 BPM range that even young dudes like when they when they put out like a free tape or something like that. There's like three joints on that joint. That's that's straight up just boom bap boom bap, and I don't mean like what we would consider current boom bap. I'm talking about like that joint sounds like it got ripped from like an old Guru album or something. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, I always find that very very interesting. And then you know once they get picked up and then they start doing the uh, you know the national stuff, then that's when kind of the style changes, um, and uh, you know you start to get more of a broad feel as far as, like, you know, production style and even content, you know. Kendrick and J-Po doing that to this day, bro. They just... Yep. They, that's that's exactly right, in my opinion. So... Sorry, y'all. I don't know how we got there. Sorry. No, that's all good. I, I was going to say, we kind of... We, we, we've talked about it and sort of named it, but, uh, Armand, you want to tell people the name of the song and where they can find it? Oh, uh, what? The Only Us? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Only Us, uh, you can find it only on YouTube. Uh, via Sphere of Hip Hop, shout out to Josh. That is the only place where you can and will forever be able to get it. We're not putting it on SoundCloud. We're not doing any of that stuff. Um, so check it there. We're probably about, we should be just shy of 2,000 views in a week, which is dope. So tell a friend nice. to tell a friend because the record, the record is ill, man. It's super, super ill. Um, can we tell the Dashiki story real quick, Taylor? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's, so, that's your part. <laughs> So, but the funny part is, is I was watching it. I've watched the video like at least I've got at least two hundred of those views. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell them that secret, man. That's fine. I don't care. Now I ain't trying to get the views up. I'm just proud of what we did. That's all. So, there's a part in the video right as I begin my verse, and there's a white guy who comes and kind of like puts his hands in the air, like in victory or whatever. So we were that was Doc. filming. That was Doc. <laughs> it was <laughs> with a long sleeve <laughs> tee underneath it and crashed our video. Um, so the funny part is, is we were on a corner. We were we were on campus. We were on Ohio State University's campus. We uh, Taylor had a corner. We literally that was literally one take. We shot the video twice and just went with the better take. And there were people who were sort of like behind um, our camera guy, just watching what we were doing and. Uh, there's a group of guys who came through, you know, you know, close to campus. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of frat bros were there and 
he decides that he wants to like walk in front of the camera and be cool or whatever he did when he actually added some like authenticity to the shot. Exactly. Yep. So when we, when he turns the corner, if you notice, go back and watch the video, you'll see Taylor look behind him because didn't they like, weren't they like getting on him for jumping in front of the camera when his friends like, yeah, that's messed up, bro. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to call them back, like the group of them to come and contribute something else to the video, but it was a live shot. So I, I was, if you saw the, like the distress of my face, you know, it was like, I can't do this right now. And I just left it alone, took another sip of tea. <laughs> it's cold, it was cold in it, that joint. It, it gave it, it to me. It gave it kind of like a like a Spike Jones like '90s video feel in a sense, you know. Mm, Spike mm. Jones. Are we just gonna start randomly naming '90s <laughs> video directors? <laughs> like, I mean, Nick sounds King. like clock radio speakers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Spike Jones. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can fun. catch. You can catch it there. Super fun, super fun. Um, also, I want I want to talk about this because this is sort of where the conversation was going. Now, Doc and I have had this conversation on several occasions on the show, and then Taylor and I have had this conversation as well. Um, so we don't sound like the old heads in a room. Like, I think people fail to realize that hip hop is in its what? Its fifties, forties, fifties, but probably in its forties. It's in its forties. So what? Wes was saying about Aerosmith and uh, Rolling Stones and all these other bands able to tour off of projects they put out 20 years ago. How does how does older hip hop sort of brand itself as, you know, because now hip hop, even though it's a youthful spirited thing, like you got some some older heads and some flat out old heads who still participate. But in fear of them not doing turn up records or trying to appease the youth like do y'all think there's a lane for, you know, 40 hour week rap, uh, 401k rap, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, married filing jointly rap? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Does that I, mean, I, 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 I definitely think, I definitely think one particular person I mentioned his name earlier and Taylor definitely can vouch for this because, um, we just went to a show, um, back in the fall, mm. um, yeah. for my man, my man Odyssey. And so, like, I'm 35, and I'm pretty sure Mir is probably probably at least two or three years older than me. So he's probably closer to 40, I think. Or we could just be, like, exactly the same age. I don't, I don't know. But in, in hip-hop terms, like, I'm old. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you guys are familiar with Odyssey's music, right? Doc and Armand, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he had just put out a new album, and, you know, I know, I know me and Taylor, we had listened to that John like 10,000 times, you know, back to back to back. So by the time they had the show in Philly, um, Taylor actually, he actually flew out to come to the show with me, uh, with, uh, with uh, me and Tragic. And so we go to the show and mind you, like everybody that's up on the stage, cause, cause he travels with his own band. So he has, you know, a bass player, a drummer, a keyboardist. And then he has, um, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but, his one homie is actually triggering um, an, an MPC on the stage, like while they're doing their show. So any of like the main melodies, as far as like a sample or whatever, that guy is literally triggering live um, as part of the band, which I think is the illest thing ever. Um, 
But anyway, so, you know, all of these guys, like I said, all these guys are really like in their thirties and, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one or two of them might actually be even closer to 40 or even older than 40. Yet you have this crowd of, of people whose ages run from, you know, probably like 21, you know, all the way up, you know, well into their forties at this show. And so, you know, you, like I said, you guys are familiar with his music. It's more of a, you know, traditional type of hip hop sound. But bruh, that show right there, that was the best hip hop show I've, I've ever been. I'm sorry. You can even, I, I think Taylor probably feels the same way. Um, mainly because he didn't, he didn't just take, um, what he did on his album and just regurgitate it up on the stage, but he took some of his stuff, he flipped it completely for the live element. And, um, this one particular part in, uh, in, in particular, which probably was like my favorite part of the show, he actually took one of the more, um, you know, um, I guess I got to do it on my own. You know what I'm saying? Um, I guess mm-hmm. I got I can't, that joint, yeah. um, he took that joint and he, and, and, he, and, he, and he made it into a trap joint, like in the middle of that song. And when, I, when I'm telling you, bro, that whole mm-hmm. crowd lost it, bro. Yeah, yeah. So he went, he went, he went into a trap pattern, but it was, but it was with live instrumentation and he still wrapped his bars from the same song, but he, ch- but he changed his flow to match the, it, 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 I have never seen anything like that in my life. Man. Never seen yeah. anything like that. Um, but you know, I say that to say, you know, you see guys like that and that's like, that's a smart man right there. That's a man adapting to the climate, you know what I'm saying? And so he's not changing who he is but he's inserting an element of right now into what he's doing to not get lost in the shuffle, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that there's, you know, good credit score rap music, you know, that people will enjoy um, like the working class citizen who, you know, pops in their music just to kind of escape from their normal day. But, you know, I, I think it's becoming harder and harder to classify who that person is. So it's, it's it's a matter of you know not trying to over control it necessarily, but but being um, aware of what we create, um, you know it, it's it's really just being true. I think honestly, it's just being true to who you are, and the people who vibe with it, they will vibe with it. Some people will surprise you, you know. And I think it's just me and at least for I can speak for me and Wes. I think we just decided to to you know create along those lines. And the other artists who are creating along the lines of what they feel like they're connected to, they have support. I, I don't know if it's Grammy conversations or, you know, you're getting put up on the, the global stages that, that, you know, most of the celebrity artists are. But at the same time, there's definitely a lucrative support model that you can follow if you make this kind of music. And it's, it's going to be celebrated and it'll be supported well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. No, I, uh, yeah. Um, Armand, you got anything you want to add to that? Nah, I agree. I think that's, well, that's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to, I was just going to, like, one little, one little piggyback off of Taylor. That, that right there is my favorite thing about middle class is we are not, we are, we are completely embracing who we are. Like, we're not, we're not running from our age. We're not running from our our family situations. You know what I'm saying? Taylor's not running away from the fact that, you know, he's in full-time ministry when he's not on the mic. Like, we're not ashamed of that. We, we were just talking about this thing, weren't we, Taylor? We were just talking about 
how like cult like cultures don't embrace the fact that like age is a gift. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with that gift, like how much you can bring with it because you just learned so much along the way and why you would take that gift and then try to make yourself into something into yourself, into a, 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 a something that's not yourself um, to appeal to somebody who's not, who doesn't have as much wisdom as you who hasn't lived life right. uh, long enough like you who, and, and, and who, by the way, when you were their age, you were not who they are. So why are you trying to emulate? Um, why are you trying to emulate an age group that you know nothing about? You know nothing about that. You don't know what it's like to be 19 in 2016 because it's, it's just not the yeah. same. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like 2000, being 19 at 2016 is not like when I was 19 in 1999. Totally different. Yeah. Totally yeah. different. So, yep. so literally, so literally like what, what me and Taylor do right now, if we did what we did, what we're doing right now, when I was 19, we would, we would have had, we would be blowing up or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because our style would technically be more reflective of that time, I guess, so to say, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but it's more, it's less about a sound and it's more, and it's more about a mindset. So that's kind of goes back into the same thing that I was saying about like, you know, like if you listen to Young Thug or, or any of these new guys, um, that's and Young Thug is the only person I can think of right now because I don't really know a lot of the younger guys, but, uh, or designer, right? That's a new guy, right? So he's like a uh, feature junior. Um, like if you like that type of stuff, like I'm not going to sit here and look down my nose at, at a 19 year old and say like, why are you listening to that? Because to be honest with you, if I was 19 today, I probably will be listening to it, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, there's no, there's no need for me to try to, to emulate, um, what I think is going to appeal to somebody who's literally, um, you know, 17 years, um, my junior, because I, I don't know what they're thinking about because I'm thinking about how am I going to pay for my daughter's college tuition eight years from now? You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about my retirement 20 years from now. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like when you're 19, you ain't thinking about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only thing that I'm thinking about right now at 35 that I was thinking about at 19 was how many boxes of honeycombs I got in the cupboard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if I were to just make, you know, a controversial statement that people may or may not agree with, you know, I, I think that's probably the reason why um, I don't respect Jay-Z anymore. And, you know, I think that's just the end of him is that he just, he tried too hard to, to, I guess, embody relevance for too long. And he just never just grew up and just said, you know what, I'm growing, y'all. You guys become what I am or you just let me, you let me be who I am. And he just, in my opinion, I think he just he stretched too far. And now it's just like, yo, he's the old, he's the old dude at the, at the young party. And it just, it looks weird. Like, I mean, I just don't know how to reconcile that personally. And, you know, maybe other people feel different, but I, I know I could never do that. That's not a controversial yeah. statement for this show at all. <laughs> especially, especially considering the fact that honestly, yo, Jay could literally go to all the basketball games that he wants for the rest of his life, and would be <laughs> yeah. totally okay with that. I, as yeah. a, as yeah. a, as a as a fan, 
of Jay-Z growing up, him being at basketball games, him, um, you know, still, and I'm not saying that Jay can't put out a new record, but like put out a new record as a 45 year old, you know what I'm right. saying? Um, yeah. but, or, you know, go to the basketball games, raise blue, raise blue, uh, support Beyonce while she's still doing her thing, while she's still all the way on top. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And bro, there's nothing like, there's literally nothing wrong with that. If anything, I would actually walk up to him and shake his hand and be like, Hey bro, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Um, because trust me when I tell you, if if I could have got to 35 and could have done half of what he's done and could be sitting on a pile of money like he's done, you best believe me and Taylor would not be making no middle-class albums right now. (laughs) No, no, no. Not unless we wanted to. I mean, the best thing he's done done at this age, in my opinion, is the B-Sides joint. That was just like, no, you're a grown-up. He's just doing some, some records that, you wanted to reapproach and use a, a band to exemplify some of the sound. So I don't know, man. I don't. I can't see that for us. Nah. Yeah. Nope. That's how I feel about R. Kelly. Uh, I got complicated feelings about R. Kelly, man. Hey, I mean, of course, from that stuff. But I mean, he was riding the Bruh. "I'm old enough to be your daddy" girl way for for <laughs> yeah. The, for, it's you, hard. I think I don't know. I feel like you see it with sports, you see it with musicians. Like there's a certain kind of person. They just, they don't know when to walk away. Yeah. So was that, was that Kobe? I mean, it's too, it's almost too obvious, but like the problem is, is like, see, like Jay could just make, well, the problem is Jay has, has tried to stretch his sound so many times that like, if I were to say, oh, Jay could just make Jay-Z music, I don't even know what that's supposed to sound like. Right. But, yeah. yep. you know, R. Kelly could just. R. Kelly could just do him. He doesn't have to try to well, first. Of all, well, I don't even know what that looks like for him. You know what I mean? Exactly. But like, That's because they point. stretch themselves so far, right? Like Nas, like when you say, Oh, Nas can just do Nas music. Everybody in their head pictures nineties Nas. Right? right. And so Nas can just do, you know, every so often, if he wants to pop up and do a record that kind of sounds a little nostalgic and kind of, you know, maybe has a little bit of modern touches, or whatever, but is in his comfort zone. That's fine. But like with Jay, you know, he, you know, all of a sudden he's trying to rap over these 55 BPM, like Mike Will beats. Yeah. And like in the future about to own the summer. And you're like, no, 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 sorry, Jay. Like, and I, you know, and Taylor, you might be able to, I mean, you might be able to speak on this a little bit, but like, if you think about where Jay started and like the kind of beats that he was rapping on in the nineties and think about the different, like not just BPMs, but the different like styles of rhythms that he's had to adapt to. It's actually kind of amazing that he could like sort of go up and go down and kind of do these different things for so long. But he just got to a point where it's like, nah, this the guy who who could sort of adapt his flow to do that, he can't anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Well, it's, also, it's also too, it's a it's a it's a there's there comes a point when you're when we're not peers anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, like when Jay literally said, What more can I say? Like that should have been the end. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then, yeah. and then, if he wanted to do like, you know, it, now what would have been dope is if he would have did black album and it did nothing, and then came out with Watch the Throne, then we would have been like, bruh, Jay, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. and then not do, then not do nothing again. Then, then, then it would have been perfect. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like what happens is, is you know, the reason why we love um, Blueprint is not just because, not not just because of what it sounds like sonically. But because at that point, Rock, you know, Rockefeller was was still kind of like on its way up. Jay still kind of looked more like us, you know what I'm saying? And still 
Like they hadn't made it yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. If that makes sense. And then it's like now, you know, you live in on Park Avenue and you're married to like the number one pop star in the world. And you've had extremely successful business ventures outside of music. And like, you're a dad now, bruh. So it's like, <laughs> like you really don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, and I don't mean that like in a negative way, but it's just like, I mean, Jay, like, it is totally cool. Like, when I see that dude at basketball games, I'm just like, bro, if, if that was me, that's exactly how it would be. I would just be at yeah. basketball games. Like, I don't have to do anything else. Why work anymore? If I'm sitting on that much money, I'm all the way chilling. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, really, like, to Wes's point, like, what more can I say? When you make a song like that, it's, that's basically communicating that you don't have anything else to say. And you don't have anything else to prove. Yet you come out with another album after that. It's it's like you you said goodbye too many times, and, and then you're back. Yeah. And it's like oh, this is the awkward awkward hello again. Like oh, I, I thought you left. Oh yeah, I'm still here. Well, okay, what do we do with you now? We don't have any room for you at the table. We'll make room for me. Okay, yeah, Jay Z's back, everybody. Let's let's. I don't know. We didn't miss you. It's not like we were going to die without you. There's more people here, so it's. Ah, he would have just ended it with the Black Album, done American Gangster, did Watch the Throne. He would be straight, but yeah. I think it's, but, I, uh, I, just, I don't think he knows how to not be Jay Z the rapper. I think he knows now. Well, I, I hope so. Actually, I think I, he actually knows now. It's, um, it's, I think it's like Kobe. Extremely quiet. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Kobe knew how to not be Kobe Bryant the basketball player, and it's like it's why Jordan came back with the Wizards. He didn't know how to not be Jordan the guy who plays basketball, like, you know, yep. some people have that kind of thing. Like if, if you define yourself by your work, when you're yeah. when your work changes, what do you define yourself as now? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and, I, and, I, and I could, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just going to say now he's Jordan with the baggy clothes, like with the, <laughs> the, and, and, and Nietzsche jeans and, you know, like. And the, he's a meme. <laughs> I, yeah. I was, like, I was about, crying about to because Wes is like, <laughs> The freaking czar of the Jordan crying meme, yo. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. You know the thing is, I've I've like completely dialed that down this year. You know, I just every now and again, like somebody will have one, and it's just too funny for me not to repost it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, like, I I, I remember using the the crying Jordan meme when it wasn't the crying Jordan meme. It was just a mad funny picture. You know what I'm saying? To it was almost an emoticon, you know what I'm saying? Um, kind of like, you know, instead of using an emoji, you know what I'm saying, I'm just going to use this crying Jordan to, to convey how I'm feeling about the situation right now. But then to turn from that into, like, when you catch an L, like, you're going to get the crying Jordan me, or, you know, the crying Jordan me, which is the fact that it's still living and is, like, in no way, shape, or form dying is, is still is still hilarious to me. And, and the even more hilarious, where people get mad about it and then they write about it on Twitter and it's just like, you know what's going to happen to you now. You're going to get caught. Just don't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's like, like somebody, somebody will make an editorial about crying Jordan and how it needs to stop. And it's just like, bruh, you know they're going to take your avatar right now and they're going to paste that John on you rhetoric. You know what I'm saying? So, why even talk about it? Just let it, let it, let it cook. You know, eventually one of these days, you know, it might not be what it is. But and, and if it doesn't, 
it's still it's still funny. But uh, yeah. it's the person, it's amazing. Who, the person who go ahead, go ahead. Go I was gonna ahead. say it's amazing that the picture actually looks like like it's been used so much and used so well. The original picture don't even look real no more. Like exactly. it looks like a meme. Yep. Yeah. The, the, ahead, person who aged, the, the person who aged well in hip hop to me, I think, was Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube just kind of, he just left alone. And then every once in a while, he'll come out and do Today is a Good Day, and everybody will love him for it. And yep. he'll walk right back out and say, you know what, I'm about to go chill. I'm not making no album. I'm not doing nothing else unless I'm getting a substantial amount of cash. And yeah, but Ice Cube, I'm, you can't. I, I don't know, dog. Ice Ice Cube, Ice Cube's movie career is low key bigger than his music career. Yeah. So it's kind of like y'all know. I know that's kind of more apples and oranges to me. Yeah, he had um, that to fall back. I mean, not to fall back. I mean, that became his thing. Exactly. So it's kind of like, like you, you can when you do have that. Like when that becomes your greatest thing that you could do. Today was a good day, and it's like you know, yeah, Cube, yeah, I feel you. I mean, he, I mean, the ball made a movie about himself, and and. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and, and basically solidified. It's like, almost like, you know, like Ice Cube, you know, I don't, I don't think right now people realize just how much that dude really has done. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's real quick to talk about Will Smith, but I'm like, yeah, but Ice Cube low key, low key really doing the same thing. And it's, and in some ways maybe just a bit better, you know what I'm saying? So, and I don't even want to get all into that because when I when I'm talking about he's doing it better, I kind of feel like Cube never like Cube is from Compton. He makes movies for people who are from Compton, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So he's not like he never Cube never really left. He's still he's he's always just been Ice Cube. Like he's not he's not making a movie acting as a Nigerian when he's not Nigerian. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm, I guess I just meant that Cube just found another hustle. He just found another way to, right. I guess, di- di- diversify himself. Or, or like Doc was saying, imagine a life where he's not a rapper. You know, he right. he stepped and stepped out into another arena and became successful and. He, because it was quickly becoming apparent that he was trash as a rapper, in my opinion. Like as, as oh, the end, oh, at the man. at the end of at the end of his run, I think it was what was it? Jesus. We be clubbing or something like that. Like that was that, that was count. just. Oh, see, <laughs> it does. It, it does. sure does, bro. It has I'll, to count. But we also have to take into account when Taylor and I went to go see Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> and they were playing like the Chronic and Doggy style. Taylor was like, "I tap out." Like, you didn't, like... No, I didn't, bro. I, I did not tap out. I was just like, oh, sweet. Like, I'm, I'm thought, like, enjoying it. But it wasn't something I was, like... It was, like, a part of my discography that I heavily listened to. That's, well, that's what I was saying. Like, you... Like, your your hip-hop experience didn't consist of a whole lot of West Coast music, did it? No, no. Not outside of uh, primarily... Um, Tupac was one I was primarily... Um, familiar with, but uh, Cube, I didn't, I never had a huge appreciation for Cube um, outside of just a few things, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I openly admit it, I acknowledge it. I could probably be seen as a Cube hater, but I feel well, like see, you know, we be clubbing, we be clubbing. Even <laughs> but, but you, but you know what though? It's, it's still like, like when I look at Cube, 
like you never, I mean, like from a technical standpoint, I don't, I don't ever think that he was like the, the greatest or anything like that. But some of the issues that, that Q tackled very, very important and eerily still very relevant, rele- uh, relevant to 2016, which is even more scary. Yep. Um, and very, <clears throat> and in my opinion, he's just very, um, he's just very much a representation of where he comes from. And that's why I don't, you know, I think like, uh, I've never really looked at him or like, you know, like, so like Taylor is talking about like we'd be clubbing and it's just like, I mean, but West Coast dudes, like they love that track. So I can't really like look at them and say like, bro, I don't know why you like that track. Because you know that track spoke to them, you know, and it's the same yeah, way. Like, yeah, I hear like you. it's just it's the same way. Like down south dudes will never, they will never like none of that old common stuff or none of the old most death stuff. Like they didn't want to hear none of that, you know what I'm saying? Um, yep. And still, and still don't, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, guys like us, because we're all from, well, y'all are from the Midwest. I'm from the Northeast, but you know, we we swear we swear by those records and say, you know, those are classic albums. Yeah, I just kind of think like that's the one. That's the one thing about music is just music is so universal yet so specific. You know, what I'm saying to, you know, who it speaks to and 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 who it touches and, you know, even from a timing standpoint, um, you know, it's relevancy. And I think that's even um, to kind of like I say this, and I guess we could kind of stop talking about this particularly, but. Uh, like that's the that's the one beautiful thing about you know like we were talking about Jay Z and Nas and it's just like unfortunately those guys came up in the era where the majority of their classic albums resided like in one period of time and 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 unfortunately in that period of time there was a particular sound um, in that period of time the beauty of where hip hop has come now and why why the old heads hate on it it just makes me mad is it's just like yo we are literally in the time of hip hop where you can do anything and it's not going to be ever, it's never going to be considered old. You know what I'm saying? So if, if you're, if you're relevant now, so like somebody like Drake, like Drake is going to be one of those guys that can actually still rap when he's 55 because of when he came out and the fact that he, he's doing a sound that's not really, it's not stuck in the time. You know what I'm saying? So hip hop is really, in my opinion, and this is all my opinion, um, but you know, Taylor, you know, I'll be knowing. Um, <laughs> but I think that hip hop has finally got to a place where I don't think that when we hear certain albums, we're going to say like, oh man, that sounds like, that sounds so 2016. You know what mm. I'm saying? Um, and I think that's the, I think that's the beauty of like where it's got. And I think that that's going to be like the one thing, even though people think that we're in a microwave generation, there's still going to be certain artists and certain records that really, really lasts um, for a long, long time, even more so than maybe even some of the classics, because you'll be able to throw that joint on in 15 years, and it's not like, yo, remember when music used to sound like this? Because it's because it's we, we're not in that time anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like to 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 pimp a butterfly is like the perfect example, bro. You could put that album in any time frame, in any genre, and it's kind of like doesn't really fit it's just good music you know what i'm saying and um and i think that hip-hop has finally got to a place where dudes are literally the dudes that do it best are really just focused on making good music you know what i'm saying so yeah that's gonna be our marvin gay 
the Pepper Butterfly yeah. is going to be this gen- generation mom gay. Like, oh, yeah, this is what we was listening to when y'all weren't even able to talk. So yeah. it's going to be fun. Lil Webby ain't going to last, though. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> wow. You had to, had to put on your rap hat, didn't you? <laughs> we hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.